0: You guys having a good day? Yeah. Good week. It was was really windy here. This whole yeah, it blew on by. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a good week, and um, just it's it's awesome in the in the little things that you know God just God just speaks. You know, it's it's awesome to to see His handiwork and. And, and bringing things together throughout a throughout a day and throughout a, a week and and everything and you know even as we pray as we lift up each other uh, we can see that uh, that as well. well uh, thank you guys for being here today. I'm I'm excited to jump into this text and and uh, look at what God has for us today. Uh, let's start with a Word of Prayer. Uh, Father God, we we thank you for today. We we thank you that. You, you have come. You have, you have touched us and made us whole, and that we can we can rest in that. We can we can rejoice in who you are, Jesus. Uh, wherever we've been, whatever we've done, we can, we can rest in you. And just as we taught and talked about in Sunday school, is you're like the city of refuge that we can, we can know that there's, there's wrong. And we can go to you, and we can rest in you. We can, we can be in you, Jesus. I just pray that as we learn from your word today, that you would open up our, our hearts and our minds. Help us uh, rejoice and and reason in you. And uh, we thank you for your word, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, so, what's what's your favorite food? Pizza. <laughs> All <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Street tacos. Street tacos. Huh? Rocky Mountain What? That's your favorite food? Oh, man. <laughs> the liver and onion guy's like, ah! <laughs> like, 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 no. Popcorn. Yeah? Mexican. Me- Mexican. Uh, Mexican. Mexican. <laughs> yeah? Uh, it's like Chinese food and pizza. Right, you know? We can just put them together, right? <laughs> you never had an Asian fusion pizza? One day. Yeah? No? Okay. <laughs> well, imagine a world without it. Without your favorite food. You know, people would be looking at you weird as you tried to order a pizza. There's no pizzerias. Or looking at you weird when you tried to order a burger at a restaurant. There's There's no burgers. It'd be a a weird scenario to be in, right? Uh, No chicken nuggets and french fries. That'd be weird, right? Yeah. We talked about that in the car coming home. What if we took a moment and imagined a world without God? What would it look like? You know, we would see a world without hope. Uh, We deduced in the car last night, me and Joe, that, well, there wouldn't be anything you wouldn't. There would be no creation. You wouldn't have anything to sit on. I'm like, well, we wouldn't be here having this conversation either. <laughs> yeah, there wouldn't be any, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there would be a world with no understanding of who a person is. We actually talked about that this morning. You know, there would be a world without servants. A world without people putting others before themselves. There would be a world without peace. Yeah, you know, we would see the effects of other world views around us in the everyday, in the schools, in the news, and even in our own hearts. Yeah, you know, how we how we come to terms of of why we are here and why do we struggle and, and how do we find peace are the outworkings of a worldview. A a worldview must answer the biggest questions before humanity, and those are three of them right there. Why are we here? Why do we struggle? And and how how do we find peace? Well, the worldview of Christianity offers us, on a worst day, hope. On the day we don't know what to hold to, peace. And when all we see is darkness in a dark world, it offers us a Savior who enters in to redeem all of creation. As we started the book of Philippians last week, Paul wrote to the Philippian church, uh, the church of his joy, appealing to them to stand firm in the Lord. Uh, He spoke to one Philippian in particular to help two other believers deal with the problem. To be a peacemaker in this, in this mess. Help, help these two agree in the Lord, of who the Lord is and, and what the Lord has done. You know, therefore, helping them come together as they had been. They had been like that. You know, Paul's fix right there was reconciliation. To restore the relationship. You know, Paul talks to the Philippian church on, on how to apply the truths that are before them. You know, because as a follower of Christ, it's not just about being informed, but it's also about being transformed by Jesus. You know, walking forward in Him and for Him. Yeah, you know, as we apply His truth, the truth to our lives, it has a, an effect upon us. You know, last week it was about how it affected our relationships, how, how we can agree together in the Lord. Well, this week it's, it's about ourselves, actually. Uh, it's, it's how our relationship with God, how the relationship with the Almighty affects us. And uh, please turn with me to the book of Philippians, uh, chapter 4. Uh, here we'll continue on in this, in this chapter. Verses, uh, chapter 4, verses 4 through 7 is what we'll read today and, and go through. And your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, today in Philippians, we see a letter, a letter written from prison telling believers, Rejoice. You know, rejoice in the Lord always, that we would have joy in Him and from Him alone, so that no matter our circumstance, We can rejoice because we don't have our hope in the here and now. We have our hope in him, in Christ. In his promises, in his character, we we show and, and share this reason for our hope. It's not of this world. Our hope has actually overcome the world. Please turn with me to the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 16. In John, chapter 16, verse 33, at the end of the chapter, uh, Jesus is speaking to his followers here. And he says these words. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Now, the, in the context of the passage, of the verse, if you read the, the chapter, there we go. Uh, if you read the chapter, Jesus is telling his followers that they will actually be thrown out of synagogues. Uh, they will actually even be killed by people thinking that they're doing God's work. And that it is better for the followers of Christ to actually have him leave, so the Holy Spirit will come. So the helper will come. Jesus encourages followers, his followers here in this, that he says they actually will leave him during his tribulation in this chapter. Uh, During his trials and death, they'll actually flee. But he will not leave them in theirs. He will not leave them in their tribulation. The king of all has overcome this world that is full of tribulations. And offers us peace and truth, something that the can the world cannot offer us. Uh, Please turn with me to John, First John, uh, chapter two, speaks on this. Uh, The Apostle John, writing to the church, tells the followers of Jesus this in uh, chapter two, uh, verses fifteen through seventeen. He says this. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eye and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. That says, do not love the world or the things in the world. Why? Why? Why don't you love that? Well, it's passing away. All these things that we're surrounded by will not last. So don't love the world or the things in it. Love God. Be about God, for God abides forever, and the world does not Yes, they they offer, the world offers to (coughs) fulfill our desires of the flesh of lust and comfort. Yes, we can fill our eyes full of everything and everyone. And yes, we can take pride in what we have and what we have become. But in the end, it's all gone. So abide in the one who abides forever. The king, the savior, the almighty God, the, the one who we point to. You know, the king that is actually not of this world, right? You know, the king of all, the king of glory, the everlasting one. That is Jesus, and he is coming soon. So we go forward in life and whatever circumstances we don't have to fear because we can hope in our Lord, talk to our Lord, and let his peace rule over us. Because as we rejoice in the Lord and reason in the Lord and trust in the Lord, we find ourselves at peace in Him. And then that will have a great effect upon us because as we know our standing in Him, as we know our, our purpose and our mission in Him, we have our hope. And so as you know, Paul writes to the church of Philippi, he he tells them this in, in verses four and five of chapter four. Now he says this: Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Now rejoice. You know, what what do we rejoice in? In getting a new job? Woo! You know, I got a new job. You know, and going to your favorite restaurant? It's like, yeah, McDonald's, right? It was awesome. It's <laughs> you know, the arches, Dad, let's stop. Okay. <laughs> you know, when, when I hear rejoice, I think of something I delight in, right? We, we rejoice at that. We delight in that. The, uh, Paul is actually telling the Philippians to always be full of joy in the Lord. That's what it says in the New Living Translation. And the Amplified says to take pleasure in Him. You know, it, it made me think of one of humanity's greatest questions you know, why am I here? And you know, we've all struggled with that question or asked that question from time to time, maybe. You know, because as the author Jefferson uh, Burcath says, he says this we cannot live without meaning. You know, humanity yearns for meaning, meaning in life, in school, in work, and even in the pew. We wonder. We search for it in science, in philosophy, in history, in the arts. You know, Shakespeare's Hamlet asked this question, to be or not to be, that is the question. You know, and it is the question that we in and of ourselves can actually not answer. You know, Ecclesiastes 3.11 says this. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from beginning to end. By ourselves, we cannot answer the question, why am I here? We need God. We need our creator, the lawgiver, the savior to answer it for us. Because he is, in fact, the answer. You know, the the question matters greatly because how we answer this question of why am I here affects our very view of life, of purpose, of, of people, of races and religions. It affects our whole world view of how we how we view this entire place. You know, from is there even meaning to existence? You know, or to what is a purpose, or what is a person? <laughs> because if we came from nothing and are going to nothing, does the middle really matter? You know? and that's that's naturalism, in in a sense. That's that's the the worldview of of naturalism, saying we're we're just here, and then one day we're not going to be here. So stop asking the question. You know, life has no meaning in that. But if we are formed and framed by our creator, by our God, then life has great meaning. Christianity tells us that God created the world. God upholds the world and God actually personally interacts with the world. Christianity tells us here that we can in fact know God, but not just know him, delight in him. We can actually delight in God. I love the... The first question and answer of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. You know, it says this, What is the chief end of man? Well, it answers. The chief end of man, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. You know, that is the truth before us in Christ, that we can have a holy, whole life, and knowing God and delighting in him. You know, as we rejoice in him, as we reason in him and we become reasonable in jesus you know at first i really thought this had you know well hey be apologetic you know know your defenses (coughs) know what ground you stand on but as it as i was looking at it more and more it actually was really saying you know how how does jesus have an effect on you you know how how is that seen you know, and the New American Standard says, let your gentle spirit be known. And the New King James actually says gentleness. You know, the Amplified Bible takes time to say, let your graciousness be known, your unselfishness, our mercy, our tolerance, our patience. And to cap it off, the uh, NIV actually says this, and let it be <coughs> evident to all. Let it be evident to all. You know, Paul calls the Philippian church, not just to know in Jesus and rest in Jesus and walk in Jesus, but to actually be affected and transformed by the Lord. Uh, Philippians 2, 5, he says, have the same mind among you. You know, that Christ came to seek and save the lost. He came to serve, not to be served. You know, Paul brings the church to read rejoice and reason in God because when we walk with Him, when we reason with God, we are actually affected by Him. We are transformed by Him. Now please turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 1. But Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18 And the Lord says this, the Lord calls us out. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. The Lord calls out, come, come now at this time as we have heard and reason with him listen to him, learn from him. He knows all of us. He knows our sin, our worst thoughts and deeds, and yet he can cleanse us. He can make us new. You know, as Paul tells us this hope from prison, it is a truth that we can hold to at any time and anywhere because the Lord is at hand, he says, right? The Lord is at hand. He is near and he's coming soon. You know, we live in light of Jesus' first coming and in light of Jesus' second coming, right? You know, as we deal with life, with the struggles, and we look forward to the coming of Jesus, we hope in him, we rejoice and reason in who he is and what he has done. Now, as we rejoice and reason in the Lord here today and throughout our lives, it's, it's hard not to look around, right? You know, to be affected by what's going around in the world. You know, we see an anxious world. You know, we see a world full of depression, full of unease and hurt, you know, as brokenness and, and burdens overwhelm humanity you know, from making payments to dealing with stress at work from being overwhelmed of things always needing to be done. There's always dishes and laundry. Where do those come from? <laughs> you, know, you know, we can we can fix upon the problem, right? You know, take good old political ads. They're starting early. Well they've started a long time ago, but they're coming on strong now. But they always tend to fix on the problem. They never really hey this this guy stands for this. This person's character or or pedigree of of, of This is what they are. This is what their outlook is. It's no, there's a problem here. The economy, health care needs to be fixed. And I promise to fix it. So did the last guy. <laughs> you know, humanity knows of the issue of pain and struggle and anxiety. Yeah, I, I had actually said right there, it knows and understands. And, and I decided to take that out because... Humanity as a whole doesn't really understand how to fix that issue, right? You know, different parties believe different things. Different people believe different (coughs) things. Different religions, worldviews believe different things. But we all understand that it's here. That there's this problem of why do I struggle? You know, there's this problem of, of pain, of struggle, of anxiety. You know, in the next verse we come to what Paul tells the Philippian church. What not to do. You know, he had already told them what to do in verses four and five. Now he says this in verses six in verse six. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You know, in a broken world, in a world full of trouble, don't be anxious. Don't be troubled with cares. Don't be about promoting your own interests. Because when we think about being anxious, when, when I think about being anxious, I, I, I come back to the good old dentist illustration, sitting there waiting, oh, that cleaning, oh, that drilling, oh, the name being called, no, it's not my turn yet. <laughs> like, it's, it's about me. You know, it's it's personal. What's uh, what's gonna happen to me? I really like the dentist, by the way. No, <laughs> a cool one in Powell helped me over those anxieties, maybe a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's the question that starts off the thought. You know, what's gonna happen to me? It's that question that starts off the thought. What's gonna happen? You know, we see. Anxiety is is unease. It's it's worry. It's about being apprehensive of of this or that. I wonder. You know, Paul says we are not to do this. And yeah, at this point, all we want to say to Paul is, well, that's easy for you to say, Paul. I mean, you're only in prison, in prison by one of the greatest Roman empires, oh, one of the governments that knew how to deal with its rebels gently. It's like, shouldn't you be anxious, Paul? Paul had every right to be anxious. Yet the Spirit wrote this through him. Rejoice here, reason here, don't worry about knowing the outcome of your life. Yeah, we, we like it when it comes to a movie or a show or a book. We love the, the build and build of drama until they rescue the lost person, they get the bad guys. But we don't like it in life, right? You know, it's like uh that anxiety is not fun, yet we know the author of life. We can read the last chapter, we can see the last scene of the show and know how it turns out God wins, God wins, so as we don't you know, as we go on, we don't need to be worried. we can be in fact about god's will and way. In this world, in the here and now, you know, in this broken and struggling world, we can be about his will. You know, it starts with prayer. Please turn in your Bibles with me to 1 Timothy chapter 2. <coughs> in 1 Timothy chapter 2 verses 1 through 6. Paul says this to, to Timothy. He tells him who to pray for and matter of factly, why to pray. And he says this in, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. First of all, then, I urge that supplication, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings, and for all who are in high positions that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way, that is good and it is pleasing in the sight of our God and Savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God (coughs) and there is one mediator between God and man, the man the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all which is the testimony given at the proper time. You now Paul urges Timothy to do this, to request from God, to seek from God his will and way, to pray in general, to pray on the behalf of others, and with thanksgiving to do this for all people, for all of humanity, for for presidents, for kings, for leaders in all positions of authority that people would come to the knowledge of the Lord that people would come to the knowledge of Jesus the Messiah of the one who is between man and God the redeemer, the mediator and the ransom we need You know he is given so all would be able to come to God Paul tells us why prayer matters so the knowledge of him would come forward. Jesus tells us how to pray, how to express ourselves to God. And please turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. But Jesus teaches his followers how to pray here. He says this in Matthew 6, 9 through 13. He says, Pray then like this Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Jesus tells us, pray like this. Pray to your Father in heaven. Pray to the one that formed you and framed you. Talk to him. Talk to your God. Talk to your king. Pray that we would honor his name as holy and that others would as well. That they would come to the knowledge of the Holy One that we would pray for his kingdom to come, for his rule and reign to be here on earth, that his will would be done upon a broken world, that we would pray for our daily bread, that we would never forget where our food comes from, right? Our creator, our king, the maker of all, that we would ask for forgiveness and also forgive that we would not be led into temptation, but to be delivered from evil, from the sin within and the temptations of the world all around us. You know, and Knowing why we pray and knowing how we pray, we can have confidence before our God and approach his throne of grace, and that's uh, Hebrews 4.16. You know, in Christ, okay. we are able to approach our Father in heaven In everything we can go to our Maker, our rescuer, and we can go to Him, the one that holds everything and bare our hearts. We can appeal to Him to let our hurts and struggles and dreams be known to Him. But this isn't about our way, right? Prayer, prayer isn't about our wants. No, I I've heard it in a book once. God is not a cosmic vending machine. You know, prayer is about being lined up with God's desires and what God wants, about his will and way being done in the here and now. So as we we form this in our lives, as we rejoice here and have the mind of a servant, as we're found reasonable in the Lord to serve like Jesus, And in everything we are about prayer, about seeking God's will and way, then it affects us. Now it has this working out of theology into life, right? Paul says this to the Philippians in chapter 4, verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. As the Lord right here in this passage, I feel deals with two of the biggest questions before humanity: why am I here and, and why do I struggle? He offers peace, he offers purpose and wants to provide for us something that we cannot find in this world. and you know, when when I was reading over this passage and this verse came, I, I thought of proverbs. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 7. Please turn with me in your Bibles there. It's a little early for the graduation verse, but this is a good verse any day, right? (laughs) But it says this in Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. You know, it brings brings a huge question out. Know, who do we trust? You know, on, on whom do we lean? On, on whom do we trust to figure out the mess in our lives? You know, do we trust God? Do we trust our government? Our, our corporations, our our very selves, to figure it out? Because these verses tell us to trust in the Lord with our whole heart, to not lean on your own understanding, but to go forward in God, to lean upon Him in everything. As we look throughout history, in fact, the history of man, we see that nothing can support the weight of humanity's need. Governments end, uh, corporations fall, and we ourselves die. So the question is, what can bear our full weight? C.S. Lewis says this in his book, A Grief Observed. You never know how much you really believe anything until it's truth or falsehood becomes a matter of life and death to you. It is easy to say you believe a rope to be strong and sound, as long as you are merely using it to court a box. But suppose you had to hang by that rope over a precipice. Wouldn't you then first? W- wouldn't you then first discover how much you really trusted it? You know, that is what we deal with in the problems of life. You know what world view, what religions, what philosophies, what thoughts keep us. Now does what we base our lives upon hold up in all circumstances of life? As humanity rushes back and forth to this or that, Christianity says God can and will hold us. So the question is for us, for humanity, is do we trust him? Do we lean upon him in all things? Because Christianity says peace is here. Peace is in Jesus. <clears throat> and as we walk with the Lord in life, in the good times or bad times, we can rejoice. We can reason in him. We can serve. We can have peace. The peace of God, which is a different A different peace because it actually surpasses, it exceeds, it transcends the peace found on this world. It is a peace from God that is greater than our very understanding or comprehension. Because it comes from a person that has a greater understanding of what is going on. Like a father to his child, to his children, he wants the best them. You know, he wants peace for his children. So like a father here, he tells us to stay out, you know, stay out of the kitchen. It's hot. You know, some kids understand that more than most of <laughs> uh, You know, we, but our heavenly father tells us here, do this, don't do this and have peace in me. You know, see, God knows what will destroy and damage or derail us. So he says, stay away. Don't, don't do this and he knows he knows what is life he knows what will build us in christ and bring others to christ you know, as we walk this out as we work this out with him we see that this peace from god will actually guard us it will be a safeguard for our very minds and hearts our core you know our our thoughts and feelings are are very powerful to us right you know, you know, it affects the way we act, the way we feel about what's going on in our lives and world can affect ourselves and even those around us. You know, as we are down, down and out, as we struggle in our faith or with the ins and outs of life, God can actually help us because he is above all created things. You know, he can show us how we can rejoice in prison he can show us reasons for faith and service even in a generation full of me's and eyes. And above all, God can and will provide peace and no matter what is going on. Because even as we live our lives in a world that seems hopeless, in a world that seems unreasonable, God is God, right? God is God and he is above all. Now, please turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 46, chapter 10. On Psalm 46, chapter 10, as the, as the world breaks, as the mountains fall, as, as all these calamities happen, it says this in verse 10 Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. You know, that no matter what is going on, we can be still, we can rest in this, we can trust in this, that God is God, and he will be exalted among the nations. He will be great among the whole earth because he is God, and we can rest in him. We can be still in this truth of who He is and what He has done and the plans that He has for us. If you want to turn with me to Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8, I highly recommend reading the whole chapter. You know, Paul really talks about just who God is and who we are in God and that there's we are more than conquerors in Him. And right here, Paul says this in verse 28. He says, And we know that for those who love God, all things will work together for good and for those that are called according to His purpose. As we are in Christ, as we... Trust and rest in him for salvation as we come to see his character and plans are good. As we rejoice in the Lord, as we lean upon him, we have peace because of his purposes and plans. For by Jesus we have redemption. We can have peace in the here and now because God in fact has overcome and has a plan according to his purposes. So what, what does this all say, and what is, what do these verses say? Well, it says this: re, rejoice in the Lord, rejoice, walk with him. Now it says to not be anxious, but to be prayerful and thankful in all things. It says there is peace here in Jesus, in Jesus alone. You now if we Rest in him alone, that peace will in fact guard us; for the Lord is our safeguard. so what what does this all mean? It means we can rejoice in any circumstance, for the Lord is at hand, and we live in between his first coming and his second coming, and we wait for his appearing. Now it tells us that we can fix upon God in any given problem, issue, or struggle. It shows us that if we walk with him, it is worth it. Because he is worth it. The hardships come and go in life. You know, there, is, there is pain, there is hurt. But we can lean upon the Lord, and he will guard us and guide us through it. So how does this, how does this all apply? How do, we, how do we fit this in to today's world? You know, in a world that is so full of people looking to be filled by, by hobbies, passion, work, money, or the newest thing, we, we point them here. We point them to the Lord. You know, <coughs> that here in the Lord we can truly rejoice in not what we have or what we have done, but in what He has done. And as the world fills up on anything else to deal with anxiety or oppression... Depression and pain, point them here. Point them to the Lord. That we can cast our cares upon the one who cares for us. That we can together lift up one another to the Lord as we are burdened in life. And as the world seeks peace, yearns for peace, point them to the Prince of Peace, who offers us peace that surpasses our own understanding. For it is from God. And don't just point others here. Point ourselves here to the Lord. For as the world goes around, the church needs these truths as well. We need to be reminded of who God is and what he has done and and what he offers to us. For it is truly greater than anything else we can find here. Let's close our time in prayer. Father God, we... Thank you. I thank you that, that you have come into this world. That you uphold this world, that you have created this world, that, that you've made made this creation. You've made us, Lord, in your image. And that you, through your son Jesus, come to rescue us. Like sheep gone astray, Lord, you have come for us as the good shepherd. And we thank you for today. We thank you that we can rejoice in you. We can, we can reason in you and serve and have, have prayerful and thankful hearts and also to have peace in you, Jesus. And we thank you for today. We thank you for just a, a glorious day that we can enjoy, that you have given us and uh, help us go forward in, in walking these out and working these out for you and in you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.